Hello and welcome back to In The Clock End, an Arsenal podcast. We hope you're well. On this week's pre-match pint, it's an FA Cup special as we are going to have a little look back over our glorious history in football's oldest cup competition. And with me to go through it all is Steve. Steve, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. It feels like only yesterday since I last saw you. Well, I mean, for the for the listeners, it, it, it was just yesterday. We're actually doing podcast back to back what a treat what a treat what, for what me. a treat yeah for, for me, you for me <laughs> the for the listeners but look we've started 2023 strong i think that's the uh the best way to put it look we'll keep it up as long as we can listeners right you know what we're like um but but there's more of us uh so we're hoping to keep the consistency up for you to get regular content out to you but look less of the the, the waffle on how we do our podcast as i said it's an fa cup special um, and obviously, we have got the mighty Oxford United away. Unfortunately, we've got to wait until Monday evening for this game, which is a bit annoying, isn't it? I don't know about you, Steve, but I hate having to wait till Monday for any game, whether that's cut, league. I'd rather just, you know, have it at the weekend, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Um, mm. But, you know, from, from, a, from a, uh, a tactical point of view, a little bit of rest, not that it really matters, I guess, because... I. It's unlikely we're going to see, you know, our our, our strongest team. Um, mm. I mean, that, when they move it though, they're, they're all sort of, you know, they're, they're sort of weighing up the cup shocks, aren't they? Stick it mm. on a Monday night. You know, Arsenal don't like it on a Monday night. Can they do it on a cold Monday night in Oxford? I'm sure they will. <laughs> we, yeah, we should, you would like to think so, right? But we, you know, time will tell. Um, we'll obviously come on to the, you know, starting line and what you might think, you know, might be happening a bit later on, but. Just have a quick look at, you know, some of our FA Cup statistics, as we all know. And if you didn't, um, I'm here to remind you, we are the record 14 times holders of the FA Cup. Um, when you look at the third round, not done so great in it recently. Um, last season, obviously, we'll remember a, a pretty woeful performance away at Nottingham Forest, where we were knocked out in the third round. Um, and look... <laughs> They actually knocked us out at the third round. Um, not the, the season. I think it was a couple of seasons before that. So both of our um, exits have come to Nottingham Forest in pretty poor results. We lost 4-2 away. But last season we debuted. And we never thought we'd see it again. But the No More Red kit, as you know, we we do love a shirt on this podcast. I didn't expect to see it again. Did you? Didn't know until this morning. I think it was Versus mm. who, who um, dropped it even before mm. Arsenal and Adas released it. Mm. Um, mixed reviews from, from the fan base. I think it's one of those things where, like, that we have to remember what it's about mm. and kind of put, you know, it's it's easy to say, oh, we shouldn't be playing in white. And um, obviously we lost in the shit last season. But I think you have to sort of park that and look at, you know, what it is. And I think it's a great campaign. Um, mm. and, uh, you know, I think it's, it's it's quite cool that, you know, these sort of, you, you have these sort of games where you wear, you know, a one-off um, mm. unique kit and hopefully you know if, if we can win on Monday um, we, we can look back on it in a in a you know in a better light yeah do you think do you think that we'll continue to wear it where possible in the FA Cup and obviously look we didn't have much opportunity to see if that was going to happen last season um, <laughs> but you know if we do go through do you think we'll see it again in the FA Cup maybe I don't think you can change in the Premier League mm. maybe that's more they you can only do it in the FA Cup I mean, I'm not sure, you know, 
I mean, do we need another, do we need four kits in the Premier League anyway? Let's be perfectly honest. I think our kits are pretty varied from pink, black and red. The kit clashes are, yeah. I can't see many happening, it's, to be honest with you. It's been confirmed that it's not for sale again. It's, that's definitely confirmed because yeah, yeah I was gonna confirmed. I was gonna ask you that because you know as you saw in the group chat this morning once once it was kind of circulating I I, I fully understand its purpose and you know I love the idea behind it like you say you got to park you know I'm not a particular fan of Arsenal and White but I think yeah you park the you know the association with Spurs to one side uh, because it's it's the campaign that you've got to really look at here and it's a fantastic campaign but I do think you know maybe we're missing a trick you know. Arsenal fans as Adidas and probably every other kit manufacturer we've ever had other than Puma. Um, let's just cast them aside for a second. But they fully know we are a mug um, for a little commercial drop. Um, I, I just think it would have been fantastic to to, to make this publicly available um, and then put all the proceeds to help these charities as well. Uh, because they wouldn't, you know, they'd make a, a, a small fortune um, from releasing that kit, in my opinion. Um because it's so unique. Mm. Yeah, um, no, I, I agree. What one of the the charity partners is actually the bank, the bank and seller trust, Louis Dunford, who um, obviously sings the the angel North London Forever. He was actually there. It was his friend who got killed no that night. Yeah, um, and Louis Dunford was actually in the in in the, in the promotional pictures. So yeah. There's, um, oh, that's that brings it home, doesn't it? That's, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's it's a lot. There's a lot, and I think it's 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 interesting because, like, for me and you, like, you know, growing up where I live in Worcestershire, like, knife crime isn't a thing. You know, mm. if, if if there was like a knife crime incident, it would be like major news. Mm. Whereas in London, unfortunately, it's it's very commonplace, and I think it's it's hard to sometimes like truly understand because you can't relate to that because we mm. live in a completely different world but no i think it's really important um and yeah you know i think it's it's a touch of class from arsenal and i think it's it's something that um i think more more clubs in london could get behind yeah no absolutely um yeah i think yeah we need we need to be more aware uh, and definitely get behind these sorts of campaigns because yeah you know knife crime is rife throughout the uk i think not necessarily in the smaller places where you know i come from and, and yourself but obviously london you know it's yeah it's become pretty it's scary synonymous. isn't it it's it's scary. scary yeah and i'm always brought back to and it's not a serious film right have you ever seen friday for example have you seen the film friday i've seen freaky friday and that's very very different very very different film but anyways <laughs> ice ice cube chris rock and is it Chris Rock? No, Chris Tucker. Beg your pardon. I think it was Chris Tucker's one of his first films, um, who I really rated back in the day. And it's not the film, the, the message, but there is one message in it, which I always think of in these situations. It's, you know, I think it's his dad telling his son, you know, put the gun down, because obviously gun crime in America is, I'm not going to compare the two, right? But they are said the message is quite clear that, you know, put the gun down and, you know, fight with your fists. Because if you lose, you'll live to fight another day. Um, and, and I think it's the same in the, this particular instance as well. Like, Knife's kill. It's pretty simple, right? You know, if you get stabbed in the wrong place, you know, your chances of survival are pretty slim. Um, so, yeah, I'm not one for violence. I never have been, never will be. And I'll never condone violence. But if if you really feel the need, don't use weapons, guys. It's, it's pretty simple. Um, be a man. If, it has, if that's what you're looking to be, be a man. Use your, use your fist. And if you lose, take it on the chin. Or the same fight at all. I completely agree, Steve. I'm. I, I would. I've never thrown a punch in my entire life. Like you say, violent souls absolutely fuck up. Uh, it doesn't at all. 
Absolutely nothing. But unfortunately, it's always going to be part and part of life. And I've always been a... It's like football hooliganism, right? And I think there's a lot of lads that go out there. I know we've gone on a bit of a tangent here. Shock. Um, but, you know, it's football hooliganism. I don't understand it anymore because I'm just like, you can legally go to an MMA club if you want to be a big man and beat the shit out of someone. Mm. And there'll be no questions asked whatsoever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's I know a there's mug, a risk element. It's a mugs game, isn't it? I think yeah, anyone who uses violence to solve anything is just yeah, get <sighs> in the bin. They ain't got time yeah. for any, any. I haven't got time for those sort of people. No, absolutely. Pop yourself in the bin um, if, if that's the sort of person you want to be. But anyway, look, getting back to the FA Cup, um, being knocked out in the third round, before these two losses to Nottingham Forest, can you name the other side? Who were, to, who were the last side to knock us out in the third Was round? Was it Watford? I'm pretty sure they're the Emirates. What? Really? Unless I, I've completely missed it, and, and, and I don't think so. I'm pretty sure Watford knocked us out a few years ago. Well, I'm going to have to double check that now because I've either completely misread that altogether, um, or I'm, I'm, or you're right and I'm wrong, which I don't like to be honest with you. <laughs> this, this is some top top tier, top tier unorganisation from you. I mean, I, I looked at it, Watford. No, you're wrong. Screw you. I'm right. They did knock us out. You're not wrong, but it was in the sixth round. Right. Okay. Um, going back to 2015-16. So, you're wrong. The right answer is, <laughs> is Millwall, of all clubs. Um, and it, you had to go all the way back to 94-95. And in my defence, I was three at the time. Um, Mate, Great matter. day. Was that at the Den, was it? Um. I don't think so, actually. Let me just have a quick look at this. Oh, he's having the look again. Sorry for the, the delay, listeners. As Calvin, I actually, I actually think it was at was it Highbury. Nice. Not there really. Bringing really you nice. facts and stats. Bringing what facts, we... stats, and everything else to your ears. They might be a bit delayed, but they do get there eventually. Um, but yeah, it's that. We've got a pretty good record in the FA Cup, as we know, um, particularly during those Wenger eras. Um, you know, we've won it, as I said, a record 14 times. But just having a quick look back at it yourself, Steve. Obviously, we, you know, we have that incredible association with the cup competition. What are your particular memories that stand out? Other than the obvious, right? We've had some really good ones. But what games or goals particularly spring to mind for you? I think, like, for me, I'm, I'm a bit of a... Uh, black and white sort of guy. So I feel like you've got to take the good with the bad, right? So my right. earliest memory is actually mm. the the Michael Owen disaster at when um, at Cardiff. Yeah. Um, it's just me being honest, but you know, it almost. But since then, we've won every final we've been in in the FA mm. Cup. Um, you know, fond memories of, of Chelsea. You know, it, it, when, when I think of the FA Cup, I think of like BBC One. Mm -hmm. Um. Saturday afternoon, sunshine. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never been fortunate enough to actually go to a final, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, you know, there's early those early ones when I was a kid. You know, I remember like um, Newcastle away watching that it was a one all. Um, there was the, the the I think it was three 0 against Liverpool in o one o two. Yes, beat him at home, and that was nice. I think Burkamp might have scored in that game. Um, and then it was obviously you know the the the, the following season. Um, 
when we beat Man United 2-0 at Old Trafford, the famous uh, Giggs open goal. When, you know, mm. that, was, that, that was a great win. And the Southampton. Um, and then the following season, well, actually, the following season, we got knocked out, didn't we? We had some really good wins that season. And we beat Leeds like 4-1 at Ellen Road. We, we, we smashed Portsmouth like 5-0. Um, and and the, that was, if you remember, it was the Paul Scholes semi-final winner at Villa yeah, Park. That was a That's bit of a... Yeah, yeah. Let's say about that one. The better. The less said about ninety nine, the better. But um, yes, absolutely. we've got some you know incredible memories. Obviously, I've, I always feel like you know it it was sort of rectified the following year when you know we were completely played off the pitch um, at, uh, at, in Cardiff. Um, oh. and, you know, it's it's funny actually. Um, I don't know why, but I was like on YouTube recently scrolling because you know, there are sort of full match highlights pop up on YouTube. And I do find mm. it quite interesting kind of just watching it back. I find it quite nostalgic. Mm. And I was watching that game back and it was just like, bloody hell. Like, how, how, how do we, we win? It, we were terrible that day. And it's mm. it's interesting because like, you know, you, you know, you forget Terry wasn't even on the pitch. He wasn't even playing that day. Like we just mm. didn't get a sniff. And um, yeah, but it was, it was so sweet to, to, to sort of, you know, had they had, you know, bearing in mind they they end up on beating run to sort of get mm. the last laugh that season. Um, but then it also went quiet after that. I remember some great memories, you know, during that period when we were Thomas Rizicki at Anfield scoring two really nice goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you'd have to sort of go back to sort of Hull, you know, in that period where go forward to Hull, even in that period where we hadn't won anything for for, mm. for you know eight, nine years. What about yourself? Yeah, we didn't, yeah, even in that period, we didn't. You know, between beating United and then going on to beat Hull, it, we didn't do a lot in that period. We didn't even get to a quarter final, I don't think. During I think period. Stoke City beat us like twice. Stoke uh, beat us once. I mean, we lost to some fucking awful teams as well. I mean, look, I'll, I'll go through it. That little record, that little run. It's not. It's not. It's not great for listening. So, one. if you want to quickly switch off, feel free. Mm. Fourth round, Bolton. Fifth round, Blackburn. Fifth round, United. Actually, semi-final, Chelsea. Fourth round, Stoke. Sixth round, United. Fifth round, Sunderland. Fifth round, Blackburn. Blackburn did his twice. Blackburn, Blackburn and Bolton, though. You know, even if you go back to the that you know two hundred three hundred four period, mm. Blackburn and Bolton were always a bit of a bogey team. I remember us losing to Bolton and Black. I think Bolton, we we lost it quite a few times. Mm. Um. Yeah, and uh, Man United, well, what can you say? It's, even now, we, we don't get anything up there. Um, no. I, rem- I remember going to Stoke away. I think it was mm. 3-1. That was, a, that was a fucking horrible Sunday out. I, I do remember quite um, a good... What, 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 what was the year when we, we beat Leeds? I went to Ellen Road. We, we drew one all at the Emirates, and we beat them 3-1 at Ellen Road. It was like 10-11. Who knocked us out that year? United. Was it United, was it? Bastards. Bastards indeed. But yeah, for me, I mean, you've, you've brought up probably my second most painful memory as an Arsenal fan, and that's that Michael Owen double in the last 10 minutes. But it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, you mentioned the United one where they absolutely battered us. We all know it as well. How on earth we walked away with the FA Cup from the Millennium Stadium that afternoon is beyond me. Um, but then, you know, swings and roundabouts because how, mm. how on earth did Liverpool walk away with the trophy that day? Let's be perfect, but honestly, other than those two strikes, we absolutely battered them. Um, there was a handball on the line by Stefan Onsho. I was at this game as well. This is the first FA Cup final I ever went to. 
And I was devastated, absolutely devastated. Um, and it's it's just one of those, isn't it? Really, that's football. You know, you you ride on the emotions, and but fuck me, they were they were on the floor. <laughs> How old were you? It was off. We were fourteen, fifteen. How was that? But like actually taking it in, you know, how do you deal with that? Do you have a little cry? Uh, no, I've never. I'll be honest with you. I've never cried at football. Don't think I ever will either. I've, there's always that part of my brain which goes, "It's just a game." No matter how excited or how invested I am in the moment, um, yeah, it is just a game, and my, my mind will always remind me of that. But you, you know yourself, mate. It's just I don't know if you've ever you ever cried at football. Bet you have. You're quite an emotional guy, aren't you? Uh, no, I don't think so. Quite an emotional guy. <laughs> he's, <laughs> just, in he's in touch with his inner self. He is, he is indeed. But yeah, I, I, it's just one. Of those, I was just like, you just feel deflated, don't you? It's like when Arsenal lose now. If you lose a big game, it's like when you lose to Spurs. Like, you know, let's look at last season when we lost to Spurs. I felt really pissed off and deflated after that. Um, yeah. And it was just, you felt so robbed after that game because we did batter them. You know, yeah. there should have been a, a penalty and a sending off. Um, you know, Omri had one of those sort of games where it just didn't quite turn up that day, um, which is unfortunate. But yeah, we, we were by far the better side. And anybody, it's like, if, you, if you're honest about it, every United fan knows that they were robbed against us in that final. And every Liverpool fan knows they fucking robbed us in that final. Um, it's, it swings and roundabouts, you know, like look at 99, probably should have you know, stopped Man United winning the treble, but swings and roundabouts. Um, Absolutely. It, it's funny, I've got actually a recent purchase I got mm. the uh, the o o o o one goalkeeper shirt from that season, the blue mm. with the, kind of the black back, like it's beautiful, and it's still the tags. It is a peach, but a part of me is like, oh, does it? It sort of rem- rem- reminds me of that that game, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's still a beautiful shirt. It's still a beautiful shirt, yeah, exactly. Um, once you can raise the memories that are associated with it, right? Um, I think we've Literally. had a few, of those, a few few of those over the years. You know, I think one of, you know, just on that, I think one of my favourite away shirts was, um, you know, the Yellow Sega. Great shirt. Thierry Henry scored his first Arsenal goal, didn't it? But we also lost the fucking UEFA Cup final against Galatasaray wearing it. So there you go. I don't really like that shirt, you know. Do you not? Just a weird, it's like a weird neck. The neck it's not is the best. Bit... It's not the best. But no, I just, it, I always love it. It's a weird fit. You don't actually see that. You don't see that shirt that often, though. No. No, you really don't. No, you really don't. But anyway, look, let's have a little look ahead to the, the game on Monday then. Um, Oxford is massive game. Um, as you can imagine, when I had to go and search for the head-to-head record, there's not a lot there, to be perfectly honest with you. Apart, no. apart from a, an FA Cup game. Another FA Cup game. 2003. And what was the score, Steve? It was 2-0. Two? To Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> not that we need any clarification for that, but no, I head-to-head... I mean, look, most of these results are coming from the 80s um, when Oxford were also in the first division with us. But we've won four, drawn three, lost two. It's pretty close, right? But again, we're, we're going back to a period where both of us weren't alive, which is a long time ago, Steve. Mm. Um, longer for me than it is for you, unfortunately. But looking at also our current form going into it, look, we're all very familiar with our form. You know, we have four wins and a draw. Um, and then Oxford... They're in a, a very kind of strange period of form. Uh, no consistency. They must be looking forward to this game, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, 
yeah, you know, like a lot of clubs, I think, you know, they, if they're in a lower division or something like that, it's a case of, you know, let's, let's try and get a cut run out of this. Uh, let's try and rediscover our form in the cut run, or even just, I think a lot of clubs will just even try and, yeah, yeah, reestablish some confidence. Uh, and I think that if we look at their, their last five results, you know, they've drawn two in a row, lost, they won, and then they've lost again. Um, you know, they lost their opening uh, game of 2023 uh, on the 1st of January. So, you know, I think they'll be coming into this game, you know, trying to hope that form goes out the window. And, you know, having, having a big club and a big side like Arsenal come come to visit them uh, on their home turf, you know, that that's that's a really big occasion for, for Oxford. It's a big occasion for the fan base, the players, uh, and obviously their management team as well. So it'll be really interesting to see how they approach this particular game. So with the form in mind, like I said, it's probably going to go out the window a small bit. What what do you think our starting lineup is going to look like? And do you think there's going to be a number of um, players rested? I mean, how strong do you think we'll go? Yeah, what, what are your thoughts? I would be astounded if if he starts the likes of Bakaya Saka and Martinelli <laughs> and Odegaard. Um, mm. This is a real great chance to to, to sort of throw you know, the likes of Vieira in there, Marquinhos, uh, give Onani a start, um, mm. Lukonga. Who else? You know, who else? Think? <laughs> Rob Holding, yep, Tommy Asu, Tierney. I mean, I think it's gonna be. I think there's gonna be enough experience in that. You know, oh, for sure. Let's go through it. So, you know, in, in goal Turner, mm-hmm. um, but then you you know, at the same breath, you know, you could keep Ramsdale in there. Because I don't think oh, the goalkeepers it really matters. I never. Really no, got... I don't think so. I'd give Turner a. Okay. A, I'd give say him, a run out. Give him um, a run. Yeah. And walk about um, in the six-yard box. Yeah, and uh, so holding a set and a half. Tommy Asu, Tierney. Ooh. Who's your other centre half? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I'd like to see someone like from the youth team, maybe a young lad. I just, I just wouldn't be playing. Um, Gabriel or Ben White. I did, I, you know, I, I was talking also actually, and, and some people were saying maybe Saliba should get the minutes because of the, the World Cup. So the maybe lack of minutes, but maybe Saliba. And I think you, you touched upon it yesterday, but Saliba's not been as sharp. So mm. maybe, you know, give, give him the game. Um, midfield, Alneni, Lukonga, uh, and Vieira Makinos. I think NK will start just because we haven't really got anyone else. Yeah, that was my next kind of question. Was up front. I think that's the one where there's a big conundrum, isn't there? Really, because this is the sort of game where Ankechi would banker start um, in these sort of fixtures. Whereas, is there anybody else we can give an opportunity to? Um, you know, we've got that. Was it Michael Beareth or whatever his name is? He's been banging in goals for for the reserves yeah. over the last. It could be an opportunity for him, maybe. Yeah. Having I mean, catcher available from the bench, maybe. Yeah, like I mean, if, you, if you look at the the sort of lineup we've given so far, that like that you, you know we've we've seen that in Europe against better sides. Mm. Um, so there's an argument there. This is the thing, isn't it? Like, is you know, not sort of without you know without taking us off. Like it, you know, if Eddie were to pick up an injury now, what the how would we do? The frightening thought. Um, is Smith Rowe going to be available? Mm. I, I think out, the game... out, of no, out of nowhere, he's back, back in training. If if he can stay fit, get back on that team, that is like a new signing. So I'd love to see him give some minutes. It, it, yeah, get some minutes. 
yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think it'd be nice for him to definitely get some minutes and get back in in the frame um, of a match day squad. And get you know get that get that get some of those familiarities back uh, to him because it's been a long, long time uh, that we haven't seen someone like him. I think it's a shame that Oxford are. And I'm going to say, I say this with all due respect, but they're quite weak in comparison. Um, it would have been nice to maybe have a slightly better team. Um, and why I would like to have seen someone a little bit better, and I'll come into more context as to how I, and why I feel the way I do, but there's an element, look, we know we don't have a second striker, as we've just said. If it catches out, who the fuck goes in there? Um, it would be nice to try and experiment. As much as I'd love to rest players, I would have also like to see us try something. Um, I think uh, what I mean by that is we, we spoke about Martinelli playing through the middle. Um, I don't want to see that, by the way, against Oxford because I just don't think there's any value there for us. And that's why I'd like just to have a uh, stronger opposition. Uh, we, we haven't been able to do that yet because we can't. We do rely on Martinelli out on the left. Smith Rowe hasn't come back from injury yet. No signs have been made to, to help, you know, lighten that burden um, on his shoulders. But it would have been nice to see Martinelli given a run through the middle against a stronger opposition. Would you, would you, have you, are you intrigued to see Martinelli potentially go through the middle? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, I've always sort of been um, someone who sort of, you know, talked about that and would encourage that. Um, and, and that's fine if, if you've got someone like Smith Rowe who can come in. Um, for example, Newcastle, you know, you could have maybe, you could have done that, maybe you know, brought Smith Rowe on if it was fit, tried Gabby down the middle. Um, but going into this game, no, I think, you know, give him some much needed rest. You know, we've got two massive games coming yeah. up. Um, it's Hopton and Man United. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we see him on the bench and sack on the bench just as a backup in case, you know, it does go south. Um, here's a question for you, actually. So, if you, know, you, you said you'd, you'd rather a strong opposition, would you, given the chance, throw the FA Cup now? It's you know enough. Yeah, hey, I was going to ask you the same. I was going to ask you the same. Yeah, you did. Um, I, I, well, I'm going to give you my answer. No, I wouldn't throw it. Well, this is where we might have a little bit of a debate. I think this season, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. It's not something I, I you know, I still love the FA Cup. It's not the League Cup. Losing to Brighton, I think we all dusted ourselves off pretty swiftly um, once that full-time whistle went in the League Cup. Um, but I just think with the fixture congestion, the lack of squad depth, because once you... And why I wanted the better opposition now is because I would like to... You know, I'm talking like, you know, mid, mid to top championship level. And I would like to see this try and experiment with that kind of opposition. But once you get past the third round, the opposition can get tougher. Right, and we, we've had some pretty hard journeys to the finals when we do get there. Um, and that's when our squad will be tested even further. You've got to remember the Europa League's coming back soon as well. We don't have, unless we go and do some sort of madness in the next couple of weeks before the end of January, we don't have the squad depth to be able to play these lads week in, week out at the moment. I just think, as much as I love having a trophy in the cabinet, um, you know, Spurs fans will never understand what that feels like. Um, mm. But it's, yeah, it's just, I just think the season that it is and how congested the second half is going to be, it, this would be really one season 
probably the first season, in my opinion, where I go, do you know what? I, I don't really care about the FA Cup because I do think the league is there. It's at the present time, it's there. The Europa League is something I would much rather win than the FA Cup because we'd never won it before. Um, it's a again, fair look- argument. It's a fair argument. My only thought on that would be like if it all just goes south with the league, you know, we lose a few games, you mm. know, you look at the depth of City's scores, you know, when they bring in Jack Grealish and Kelvin Phillips last night off the bench, like it's going to be difficult. And and if, mm. if, if it does sort of go wrong for us there, it's like, okay, we're out of that. You kind of look back and go, oh, you know, should we have taken, oh, should we have taken this a little bit more seriously? Um, I, I think we should take each game as it comes. So I think Oxford, mm. I think it's a very winnable game. Um, and with, with our, with, you know, we've got enough depth. We've got, you know, a, you know, a good enough B side uh, to, to win that game. Um, mm. Obviously, if you go against someone like yeah, Man City or Chelsea, well, actually, Chelsea is shit. <laughs> they really <laughs> are shit. Yeah. <laughs> fucking about me, Ang. Oh. The sub who got subbed um, again. It's fucking terrible. Thanks, mate. Um, I think, I think, yeah, we, I think we have to take it on a game by game basis, week by week. Mm. But you're like, yeah, Jan- it, it all depends on January, mate. It all depends on January. It all depends on January. And I think you touch on a, a, a dividing point, I think, and that's you know what defines the the season going south right from right now obviously again goalposts have changed since our opinions at the start of the season and what our expectations were or where we thought we might be at this time of the season so you know aim is top three isn't it automatic qualification for the champions league. i mean look top four would be great as well and that you know automatic qualification for the champions league um but yeah i just for me, yeah I, I it's hard for me to swing away from i would if you gave me the choice, I'd rather win Europa League over the FA Cup this season. Um, but like you said, it's if the season went proper south and we went on a horrific run, then yeah, you'd want the FA Cup, wouldn't you? Of course you would. But these are the calculated decisions and risks that you've got to take at this time of year. We've got to do it in the transfer market. We've got to do it on the pitch with our starting 11s, our game approaches, the whole shebang. It's mm. such a definitive point of the season. It was definitive for us last year because we did fuck all. Let's hope we've learned from that. I'd like to think we have. Um, Arteta is definitely making his point clear, isn't he, about what he wants to do. Not just in January. I think he, you know, a lot of people asked, was it pointed that he only made one substitution in our last game? Uh, I mean, he comes out pretty publicly and says, we've got to maximise every transfer window ever, really. And I completely agree with that because it's it's an in-out business, right? There's players that we need to start moving on now as well, I think, in the, in the near future, just to recoup the cash where possible. And then, again, start making the drop-off to, you know, backup players not quite so severe. Yeah. I think, like, you know, foot, football's, you know, it, it's very much like, it's all well and good saying, you know, it's going to take this long and this is how long it should take or we should take our time. It's in football, such a fast-moving sport, like, you know, it's all one of good saying, well, maybe in the summer we'll be stronger then. But it's like, well, you, you, your opportunity could have gone by then. And uh, like it, you, you, these opportunities aren't a given. So you have to, you have to take them. And yeah, we, we have to take, make make the most of, of, of our position and just throw the kitchen sink at it this season. Because Absolutely. There's no guarantee it's going to come around next season. And, you know, I don't want to be in the, like I said last night, you know, so I don't want to be in the position next season where we're, we're looking back saying, 
oh well, yeah, we had a good go. Um, but next season, you know, if we bring some other players in, it's all ifs, buts, and maybes. And you know, mm. if only we've done this, or if when we do this, you know, let's 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 fucking get it done. Yeah, let's let's, let's do it now. And um, yeah, hopefully, it's like the got- old cliche saying, isn't it? Live with no regrets. Yeah, you know, it's if we, you know, if if we go and buy three players, right? One of them's a marquee signing, and two are squad players, which improve those backup options, and we don't win the league. Not many of us could go, well, we didn't try. Hmm. Whereas if you only go and just sign a marquee player and that's it, yes, it will help a little bit. And it will still make that conversation a little bit easier. But I, I just think that there's more that needs to be done there than maybe most of us might think. Um, but I mean, look, it, we're in a position where, like I said again, you know, after following the Newcastle game, both sides, you know, you just said how quickly things can change and move. Again, Newcastle were punching way above their weight. That's two sides that played each other the other day who are way above where they expected to be or, or way ahead of their own particular process. Um, and you've got to take advantage of it in the Premier League. It's so competitive. There's so much money in that league. You know, the 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 coaching gap is so small now. You know, all teams are so well drilled. Um, so, yeah, you, you need to take advantage when you're on top. And I hope that we can. Because I think it's, it would be a very definitive point in the Cronkies Arsenal ownership. This could be a very defining moment. Um, I mean, there, there was obviously some wild stuff that went on not so long ago, as we know, uh, that they were involved in. But um, if they go and pull the trigger and do the right stuff in January, and I think we'll only we can only back that. Um, and if they continue to back Arteta in the right manner, I don't think many people would want the Cronkies out. Be honest with you, um, it's gone very quiet. It's gone very quiet. That let's be honest. Can't oh, criticize them at the moment, can you? They no. give them the funds. Um, it's whether they're willing to to roll the dice, and I think I think they will. I, I would so. like to think. I've got a feeling though we'll bring players in, but we'll probably bring in like two. We'll probably be one short. Mm. Um, we've been pretty good with our business in recent years. Though eh? we've gone a few of our signings have gone into the radar and just out out of the blue. You know, mm. I, I don't think Jay Felix is coming. I think that's just all paper talk. Um, I think, I think, yeah, I don't know what they're smoking over in Madrid, but you know, what they want for, for a loan some, cra- some crazy shit is what they're smoking. For, for, crack. For, for someone, yeah, for someone who, you know, uh, might make it may take a bit of time to adjust to the league. You know, a lot of people say he's, he's quite lightweight. Mm. Um, mm. I don't, I don't think that's worth the risk. But listen, there's players out there. There's, there's tons of players. Um, you know, in 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 England and across Europe and the rest mm. of the world, who you know, who who you know, bite your arm off to come to Arsenal, it's got to be find them. Um, I know it's easier said than done, but there's there's definitely players out there. Like right. you said, if we can get one marquee signing and two, you know, reasonable squad players to give us that depth and that flexibility, it's game mm. on. It really is game on. You know, like it's going to be tough. You know, we're going to against the Harlem Globetrotters pretty much. Who can bring all these ridiculous players off the bench? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really frustrating, but you know, it was even when I say marquee signing, there's a few things that kind of spring to mind, and it's the old saying from Arsene Wenger: "We don't buy superstars, we make them." Um, that that always comes to mind for me. But one thing I've definitely got on board with over the last year or two is is funny enough, I hate to use the the phrase too much, but trust in the process. I really trust Arteta and Edu when it comes to what we're doing in the transfer market. There's been some signings made there. 
you didn't have a notion about him. Tommy Arsenal obviously springs to mind, right? What a signing that was for us. Um, I'd never heard of him. Never even heard of him before he joined us. And, you know, the Fabio Vieira one will remain to be seen, but the purchases we've made, Ben White, again, wouldn't wouldn't have been a player that I would actively go out and, and purchase. Um, you know, that, that list goes on, doesn't it? You know, even Jesus, Zinchenko, Ramsdale. There's been some really solid signings. Um, mm. uh, and look, we've been blessed with what's come through the academy as well, of course, uh, to supplement that. But Reese Nelson. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Ains- Ainsley. <laughs> Speaking of the youth, obviously I was watching... Um, I'm going to quickly go off on another tangent here, so bear with us. But it was weird to see a Halen product come on for Chelsea last night, who was dubbed to have a big career Arsenal as Amari Hutchinson. He did fuck all, by the way. Um, did as much as Aubameyang did. Can we take a minute to talk about how, how shit they are? Isn't it hilarious they are 10th in the Premier League? They are 10th. It's amazing. I was looking at their team last night thinking like, how the hell have they gone from spending all this money on like Zverner, Marata, Lukaku, and they've got a fucking Aubameyang. Who's got, <laughs> I don't think he even touched the ball. Like, they've got all I mean, they're definitely where Arsenal were a few years ago in terms of like trying to use the the young players. But I don't think they're as good as as what we had at the time. I mean, don't wrong, I'm all for it. They are, they look fucking dire, and I'm all for it. I'm oh, all for it. They are absolute shite. Absolutely. I hope they stay there. Um, and then, do you know what? I don't care how many times I've got to hear Champions League. You'll never win that from them. I couldn't give a shit because we all know. As much as I think I've said this a few times, but as much as City, it's a plastic trophy to you lot. You bought it. It's as simple as that. You know, City bought the Premier League. Doesn't mean much to me. Doesn't mean much to United fans as well, which is a funny one. Um, no, not because we know it. Anybody who understands how the game works, and look, it has changed money rules, but people don't give they... any credit to Man City winning the league. No, no, no one talks about the great Man City sides because no one cares. Same for me with Chelsea. It's exactly yeah. how it's been, you know, and they were the, if anything, I hate them the most because they started it. Mm. Classic, classic case, isn't it? That is a- classic hunts. But it's different now because they've got, they've, you know, one thing that was, you know, you could always unfortunately rely on, on Abramovich. He would invest and he, he, he was very brutal with managers and he would get them back to success. You know, there, there was many times, you know, in recent years where they'd have a season where they dropped off, but then they'd come back strong and win the league or a cup, you know, mm. they've, and they've got a good European record. But the landscape's changed at Chelsea. Um, so, yeah. Long, long they, I mean, they still, they still spent a lot of money. They did. So they still invest. They've spent terribly. But another thing that's just funny, you say that the, the, the manager merry-go-round that they had for fucking, you know, decade, if not longer, be funny to see if Abramovich was still in charge. Do you reckon Potter would still be there? I think he'd be very close to already. Yeah, really. Mate, they're, they're they're awful, like terrible to watch. There's nothing good about Chelsea at the minute. They are terrible. It's 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 fucking. It's great, funny. Yeah, it? it's great. Yeah, it's, it's so great. good. Um, yeah, no, they're 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 in the mud, man. Um, it's a little bit disappointing. Changing the subject, Man United seem to be ticking along nicely. <laughs> Which is very Quietly. concerning, yeah. But then they haven't really played anyone that good. What mm. I would say, but if they listen, if they can beat City this weekend, I'm all for that. 
Yeah, no, it's next obviously weekend, not this weekend. Yeah, because this is Derby weekend, isn't it? Obviously, they've got their Derby, we've got ours. Um, so it'd be very interesting to see how it goes. But yeah, I mean, it's funny you say that. I was looking at the Premier League table, as we do on a regular basis as Arsenal fans these days, because let's be honest, it's been solid reading for quite some time. Um, yeah. So I really enjoy looking at it. But yeah, it was, you know, to see United only four points behind City, equal games, they've done that very quietly. Um but yeah, I hope they can implode at some point. Just goes to show, though, not it? Ronaldo wasn't wasn't the man for United. We all knew that anyway. But just just a quick question on United: what what do you make of Eric Ten Hag? Just if anything, I know what you're like. You don't really pay much attention to to most things. Um, he looks like a wish.com Pep Guardiola. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really, I don't know enough about him. I mean, I think you know, not that I really care about Man United. I fucking hate a lot of them, but you know, he's had to mm. deal with a lot. Um, mm. I feel like the Ronaldo saga is probably a massive weight off his off his off his shoulders. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah, he's a good manager. He's got you know, I don't think they're particularly playing that good a good you know, great style of football, but they're getting results. It's he's got, he's, isn't it? He's got a lot. I think he's got a lot of fucking Deadwood there. He's got a lot of high profile players as well. He's got to deal with you know, we've just completely uh, it was just stinking the place out. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still not, I'm still not really sold on Marcus Rashford. I don't think he's that great. Yeah, it's a strange well, they, one. My, my fucking so-called friend said to me the other day, this is why he's a so-called friend. He was like, oh, yeah, but Kai Saka's not as good as him. I said, yeah, what are you smoking? You're trying to tell me Marcus Rashford is better than Kai Saka. He's been over with the board members in fucking Atletico Madrid, mate, smoking that crack, clearly. What have you been smoking? Oh, trying geez. to compare Marcus Rashford with Kai Saka. I was like, I'll have a day off. Right. I mean, look, we, we can be biased, right, from time to times. It's not something I like to do because I like to have a good, open and honest conversation about football in general. Um, but there's nothing worse than when you try and have that conversation with someone who is just so fucking blinkered towards their own club. Sorry, whoever it is. Is it? Is it who I think it is? Yeah. Matt, I'm just yeah. going to call you out. <laughs> you fucking clown. <laughs> I don't know what you've been watching, buddy, but... Uh... Marcus Rashford is is nowhere near the level of Bakayo Saka uh, at this moment in time. To be that fair, though, he is a he is a bit of an armchair. So he, I, think he's, I think he's only been been on the ground tour. Bless him. I don't know. I thought I, before I came over to your wedding, had he not just been to a match? <laughs> yeah, but I just like to wind him up. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Armchair fan. Um, enjoy the stadium tours, my friend. But um, no, moving on. Um, I don't think there's too much else to to cover from an FA Cup perspective. Um, so what we like to do on the pre-match points, Steve, is have a little look at a previous player gone by in the Arsenal history. We're not going to go too far back, but he's he's a modern day player who probably divides opinion of Arsenal fans of where he actually sits status-wise. Um, I'd love to get your opinion on it. I've got mine. I'm sure the listeners have theirs. But Steve, who is this week's player profile focusing on? This week we are profiling Mikhail Silvestre. <laughs> why would you, I don't know why you do this because I'm always gonna. Yeah, I should. I should know better. You're a bit of you love the love the tomfoolery, don't you? Tomfoolery. We are going for the man, the myth, the legend that is Cesc Fabregas. Mm, legend. That, not that's, a legend. That's the word. Not, yeah, there you go. Not Cold. a legend. Oh. Um, the thing is, like, it depends who you ask. Oh, I love Cesc Fabregas. Same. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we've spoken about Stefan now. Was his, his debut, and 
followed mm-hmm. him, you know, and was, you know, in that, that kind of, you know, noughties period was just a big fan of him, big fan of, him, you know, loved him as a captain, was devastated, you know, when he left, um, mm-hmm. you know, was you know, gutted that he never came back and, you know, and then it really sort of, um, you know, added insult to injury when he joined Chelsea, which always felt wrong. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's all, yeah, it's football, isn't it? You know, um, it's just the way it goes. But yeah, big fan of Sesk. Um, w- wish that, you know, he'd been more, obviously been more successful with us. The fact like he yeah. was probably just, you know, it was maybe like right place, wrong time in terms of the players around him. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, he was the, the diamond in our club in a very unusual period. Um, you know, that transition stage when you look at it, from from Highbury to, to the Emirates. He was, you know, Henri only played the Emirates one season, didn't he? And off he went. Um, and Fabregas was, you know, fantastic to watch in those first few seasons at the Emirates. Um, and also, you know, the, the latter stages of Highbury as well. You know, he's a brilliant player. But, you know, we signed him from Barcelona all the way back in 2003 for a mere 3.2 million. What a bargain that is, by the way. He made three and three, 303 appearances, scoring 57 goals along the way and 95 assists. He only won one FA Cup with us. That was in 2005. Um, and then he also won the Community Shield in 2004 and 2005. So, yeah, like you said, he, he, you know, from a achievements uh, point of view, wasn't, wasn't the best for us. Um, but like you, the, the Chelsea thing, and that's where the division comes from, right? He had, or we had, there. I should make it clear that we had the opportunity and an option, I believe, to bring him back to Arsenal from Barcelona. Uh, and to the best of my knowledge, it was Wenger uh, that actually turned that down at the time uh, because he felt, God knows why, uh, that who we had in sentiment at the time was good enough. Um, it's really disappointing um, when you look back on that now. You know, from I don't blame him for going to Chelsea. I, I really don't because you know he he lived in London for a long time, and he loved the city, loved the city. You know, and you can understand that Chelsea is the next best best option after Arsenal. Um, if if you want to go and play in London, and you know he won the league a couple of times, unfortunately with them. Would have loved to have seen him do that with the Arsenal. Uh, but it just wasn't to be. But for me, that's he gets the pass um, for that move because I don't think it was necessarily his p- preference. I think his preference would have been to come back to the Arsenal uh, and Wenger turn that down. That, how do you feel about that? I mean, for me, it's up there. One of It should be one of Wenger's biggest regrets. I think so. I mean, it's worth mentioning at the time we had uh, Alexis Sanchez and Ozil, mm-hmm. so maybe there was a you know a financial reason we didn't bring him back. Mm. But God, imagine if we had like yeah, it was, I feel like that that was probably you know without sort of going into to, to Wenger like maybe you know a, a mistake on his part. Um, I felt like you know he always had a weird vibe about bringing players back. Although Bournemouth back actually didn't he? So and so Campbell, yeah. Like I remember, I remember Van Persie actually wanted to come back, and he said no. Which is, you know, I can back that one because he's yeah, a can back that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was such a you know, what an opportunity. But the way I look at it, if if that was me, I'd say fans love him, bring him back, but also stop him from going to to to, to your rivals. 
you know, how, you know, sometimes you've got to play dirty and you've got to think, you know what, we don't necessarily want him, but we'd rather mm. have him than him go elsewhere. He was actually mm. at Arsenal this week training. Have you seen that? Yeah. With Jack Wilshere, with Jack Wilshere, yeah which was nice. Um, yeah, it's, not, it's a weird one with Cesc. I, I do love him. You know, I've got um, one of my Arsenal prints upstairs of him, you know. Um, mm. But yeah, just, just wish, 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 you know, we'd see more of him and he, you know he could have been more successful i remember he did an interview i think it was a basketball a few years ago which is really good and he, he mm. talked about like that period where like we'd lose games and like he'd be on the coach and there'd be like players all laughing and joking like and it's quite it's quite you know i think a lot of that when we was to do with like wenger maybe lost his way a little bit of players because mm-hmm. you look at the team now and you can see it with this team now like if we don't you know, like you look saw them on the other night, how pissed off they looked when we drew. Mm-hmm. But this team are fighting for everything. They're giving everything. It, it matters so much. And in that period, we just had players. Maybe it was more. It was more reflective of that period in football, where people just, I don't know, just they weren't that bothered. I feel like maybe we'd lost our identity because it we, should be an yeah. honour to play for the shirt. You know, in you know, we had that period where we had a lot of kind of characters like William Ganas, Adebayor. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I didn't help and then you had a lot of young players and then maybe wasn't the experience had in there so you had the likes of Gail Clichy, Sanya, Song who you, you can imagine these players were just sort of you know what they were like so yeah there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a mix of things um, but yeah we'll, we'll always be you know one of, one of my favourite players and you know, going back to you know the early years um, it's incredible what he did you know he, he kind of came in in the invisible season and, and made a few league appearances that mm. that that a uh, four or five season, he pretty much broke into the team because if you remember, Gilberto spent um, a lot of that season injured, and mm. then you know the following season, the following year at Highbury, he played like he, he pretty much played every game I think with with Gilberto in, in that midfield. He did, um, yeah. So did. yeah, you know, incredible incredible footballer. Just you know, just wish he'd he'd, he'd got to taste success a little bit more. And um, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, I wish. I wish he never went back to Barcelona. I mean, that was one of the most annoying courtings of a football player I think I've ever seen. Um, disgraceful, actually, how Barcelona went and their players went about getting Cesc Fabregas back um, over to the Catalan Giants. Well, they're not so much mm. Giants these days, it has to be said. But we, when we do, a, obviously, a player profile, one of the things I always like to ask you is the first goal uh, or first club he scored against. Don't need to ask you that because you were there, you know. But I will ask you, who did he score his last goal against? Any ideas? I remember the season. I can remember the kit. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't. Remember. I don't remember. I can't remember. It's an FA Cup game, funnily enough, um, which ties in quite nicely with the, 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 the this week's episode. But it was against Huddersfield. <laughs> no, really? uh, so yeah, yeah, it's a penalty. Um, so for nothing special, but one of the things we also love to do is is look, you know, look back at some of those memorable moments. You know, you've touched on just the breakthrough season you know 0405 in particular where he really found the name for himself because i think for me one of the the most eye opening performances i saw from him was the very first game of 0405 um it was the community shield game in cardiff against man united when he had that wonderful mullet and we hmm. played in that lovely blue kit and he absolutely bossed it i remember just thinking this guy is unbelievable uh, and if you can you, know, you always see glimpses of players like that uh, you know and it's you can look back on it now with the full idea of how his career went i mean how many times have you seen a, a, a you know grade a performance like that from a player and then you just see them disappear into into the background but 
obviously he just kept going, just kept getting better. Um, but I remember that day just thinking, Jesus, what a player we've got here. Is there anything that, you know, goals or particular games that stand out for you uh, from Cesc Fabregas? Um, I mean, there were some cracking goals. Yeah, I mean, I, I was quite fortunate, actually, because like, you know, when, I, when, I, when I turned 18, kind of like 2008, 2009, 2010, I was going quite regularly. So I got to see mm. Cesc play, you know, um, uh, many times. Um, he, he was just, he had that aura about him. I felt like he was mm. such a leader on the pitch. Um, mm. No job too no job too small, no job too big sort of player. You know, he did, he did the hard work. You know, he, he, did, he did the glamorous stuff. Like, he, he was just such an all-rounder. Mm. Um, one game in particular, and it wasn't a very nice occasion, but it always sticks out. Was when we we beat Stoke at, at the at the How Hole, the Britannia, three one, mm-hmm. and um, we obviously you know we got, well, we we not have Ramsey, and then we, we scored two very late goals, um, and mm-hmm. I mean, you know Seth scored, From and it was spot. yeah, mm-hmm. and it was just the, the passion, and I remember just the the the, the, the away end how it was. It was just absolutely you know, it, it was it was an incredible moment, and to just kind of share that you know, with the players. Um, mm. And the 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 kind of the emotion involved with that, um, but all, you know, but all around, yeah, he was he was such an important player for us. You know, he mm. ju- he just carried that team so often. Um, obviously, you know, there's that you know, phenomenal Champions League night when we beat Barcelona two one at the Emirates when him and Jack played in that midfield. Mm. Um, I feel like he would have probably benefited from having like a a, a more of an old school defense midfielder next to him. I felt like you know. He, he was we maybe were a bit light in that but you know I, I don't think song was was ever that great um which i feel like kind of weak in the midfield you know i felt like we never sort of put him like we had wilshire but then wilshire could never say fit the mm. nilson was his was his kind of main partner for a long time and the nilson do you know what i mean like i feel like we never sort of we we you know you have to build around these players yeah in, we in, never in that did sense yeah, whereas we could have had, you know, if we'd have brought him back, imagine him with like, imagine him, imagine having Cazola, Fabregas, um, Sanchez, Sanchez. Sanchez. Oh my god, it would have been lovely. Would Danny well back in front of the four. Or Olivier Giroud, don't leave out big Olivier. <laughs> uh, also, no, but, well, so there we go. No, you've gone by then. But what, what I'm saying is, anyway, yeah, there's some, yeah, fantastic memories of him. Um, mm. yeah, great, great Arsenal man. Just, yeah, just it's a weird one, ain't it? Because I fucking hate Chelsea. So, yeah, no, I think look, we all hate Chelsea. Still, still, still right. really like him. Yeah, um, but that, I, 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 do you think he's? I think he's always remembered as an Arsenal player still as well. I mean, to me, yeah, and I think you know, even if you look at his career stats, he made the most appearances for Arsenal out of all of his clubs that he played for um, by quite some distance as well. Um, so that's probably why. Um, uh, but yeah, I think you know, like we kind of touched upon, I think there is there are factors which allow us to still think good of Fabregas because look as much as it pisses me off I can understand why you want to go back to your boyhood club I can right imagine you you know imagine it was the other way around and god forbid yeah imagine I you know we were playing over in Barcelona and we'd spent our youth going through the Arsenal Academy and then Arsenal come knocking to bring us back when we're playing really well it's hard to turn that down right so I always get the human aspect of it as much as it can frustrate you at times um but yeah the fact that we turned it down to bring him back that's where the leeway really comes from for me. As much as I hated to see it. It surprised me as well, because he has such a good relationship with, with Arsene Wenger, you know, and, mm. and he often talks about that, even when like Wenger had his book release and mm. this, the, the, the film, well, it was the book release, actually, he, he was there for that. You know, he came back and obviously they, they, they hold each other in high regards. So, listen, I, uh, 
who knows? Maybe there's more to that. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure, but it is a shame, isn't it? But it's done. It we is done. It's, it's, we love to do on the past. We like we like history. We like historians in the clock oh, end. In oh. the historians FC. I hate. Yeah, that's not for me. But a couple of couple of the goals that definitely spring to mind for me. Um, a couple of absolute belters against our North um, London rivals. Mm. Yes. So there was a screamer at White Hart Lane um, in a thumping 3-1 victory. Hate to say, but Adebayo also scored an absolute cracker in that game as well. He did. That was, a, that was a great goal, to be fair. Like. Yeah, it really was. That was my favourite. It's up there, one of my favourite goals in recent times, to be honest with you. Um, fantastic goal. But um, he also scored one of my favourite goals I've witnessed um, at the Emirates, and that's also against Tottenham. We've just gone one nil up. Fabregas decides to nick it back um, immediately from kickoff. Go on a little mazy run and make it 2-0. You know, I'll never forget the atmosphere uh, and the, the roar from the crowd after that went in. You know, really, really fantastic. Um, also, I think one of the a very iconic Cesc Fabregas goal for us um, is away at AC Milan. Yeah. We won 2-0. Iconic, iconic moment. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that was good. In the, in the, in the white and burgundy shirt. Mm, in the San Siro. The, the Herbert um, Chapman. Correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously, I'm not sure if anyone... I think Arsenal might have been the first English side to, to beat AC Milan at San Siro that evening as well. Potentially. Potentially. Not, I mean, that, it amounts to, not that it amounts to much. No. It's, no. it's, almost, like, it's almost like you know giving Harry Kane a, a medal for, for scoring on the most days. <laughs> Well done! You're the first team to win in, in, in Real Madrid. You couldn't win the tournament. Ah, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We went through a phase where there was a lot of like little records like that that we used to kind of break. It used to happen on a weekly basis, whether it was in the league or in the Champions League or something like that. But going back to to Fabregas and his goals, there was a. I always remember a free kick that he scored against Aston Villa. I think it was quite important at the time because I think Villa were going through that period where. They were also challenging us for top four. Um, but I remember him curling one in wonderfully to the near post against them. Um, and one goal, which when I, when I was watching back, and I completely forgotten about it, I'd love to see if you remember it, it was, it was a really freaky goal where I think it was away at Sunderland, where a defender has gone to clear it. Fabregas is chasing it down. And he just literally smashed it into Fabregas. It's ricocheted off him. He's basically near the centre circle. And it's just drifted over the keeper and gone in. I don't remember that. I have to, I'll, remember have to, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, I mean, it's one, definitely one to have a look at. One of the most bizarre Arsenal goals you'll see in recent times, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I just saw that. I was like, that's worth a mention because it's um, a little bit unique, uh, to say the least. But looking at his performances as well, uh, like I said, that, that one against United was really standout for me. But the other one... Uh, and it was funny that, you know, the last season at Highbury, uh, that, that run to the, the Champions League final. And it was that, it was the crowning of Fabregas for me, I think, that night. Um, he came up against Arsenal legend Patrick Vieira. He was returning with Juve for the first time since leaving us in the summer. Fabregas was the future of our midfield. And the, all the debate that evening was, who's coming out on top? Did Arsenal do the right thing? Uh, allowing Vieira to go and in basically popping their eggs in the Cesc Fabregas basket. And my God, did it come to fruition that evening? I think we won the game 2-0. Fabregas got, us on, got on the score sheet and played, uh, you know, an absolute blinder. Um, and Patrick Vieira was 
pretty pretty non-existent that evening if my memory serves me well enough yeah it would have been really interesting you know that going back to that that, that year that final season hybrid had the era has stayed mm. having like Fabregas kind of playing with him for, for a longer period mm. would have been interesting to see what, what 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 could have been with those two it could have been it would have been really interesting to see how it was managed particularly when you had Gilberto Vieira and Fabregas I mean what a midfield trio that that would have been well, we had it didn't we for a season um and that was obviously when when Fabregas was was finding his feet and my god did he find them well and found them pretty quick but on that note Steve is there anything else you want to kind of anything else Fabregas related you want to bring up um not, not particularly I mean he's had some questionable haircuts over the years the the, the mullet you mentioned before brilliant that was an interesting, interesting hair, hair, hair choice. Um, but no, nothing really. Um, it was quite, it was quite nice to to, to beat, you know, uh, Chelsea in the FA Cup final when he was a part of their team. That was mm-hmm. quite nice. So I enjoyed that. Sorry, Seth. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, we stopped. We stopped him from winning their double. So that was nice. Yeah, that is nice because uh, it's, it's hard enough to watch him lift the, the Premier League trophy in blue, but to watch him do the double, yeah, that wouldn't have been very nice at all. So. I'm happy we didn't allow that to yeah. happen. All right, look, I guess that's enough of pretty much pint this week. Um, as always, we'd just like you to thank, uh, oh, crikey, we'd like to thank you for taking the time to tune in and listen to the podcast. We you hope okay, you've enjoyed. No, I think I've, I've had a minor stroke. <laughs> this is what happens when you podcast back to back, two days running. But uh, look, if you do enjoy the show, please do leave us a review on Spotify or Apple. Um, we greatly appreciate it. We'll be back after the Oxford game uh, next week. But until then, look after yourselves, look after each other and catch you on the next one. Goodbye.